0: When's the last time you were able to network with your peers in the healthcare industry? Well, now is your chance. Join us this April with over a 1,000 executives at Becker's 13th annual meeting to hear C-suite discussions around consumerism, the nursing workforce, value-based care, and a lot more. You can register using the link in the description. We hope to see you there. This is Laura Dierda with the Becker's Healthcare podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Matthew Premack, president of Advocate Condell Medical Center. Matthew, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Great to be here with you today. Thank you.
0: So I know we have a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare, and really, it's a fascinating time to to be leading a hospital and healthcare organization. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, so again, Matt Premack serve within the Advocate Health system uh, as the president of Condell Medical Center. Uh, We are the uh, largest hospital in the Lake County area, which is the county just north of the city of Chicago. Uh, We are about a 300-bed hospital. I've been here now for several years, have uh, served within Advocate Health for over 15 years in many roles uh, in operations, in strategy and business development. Uh, Prior to 15 years being an advocate, I was in private practice in the field of physical medicine and rehabilitation.
0: Fantastic. Well, I'm excited to get your perspective on what's happening in healthcare today. So we can dive right in here. First and foremost, what are some of the big issues that you're following in the healthcare space headed into 2023? I know there's a lot going on. And so what's really top of mind for you as you look at what you'll need to provide care for your community over the next year or so?
1: Yeah, I, I and I love the way you pose that is to provide care to the community, because I think now more than ever, we have to address the needs of our respective communities. And those needs vary uh, depending on the geographies that we serve in. What we're looking at in our organization right now are three uh, uh, big top box opportunities number one is how are we finding talent how are we how are we reinvesting in our workforce and that's not only on the front lines but also in the middle management and executive team uh, what is attractive from an organizational standpoint how do we go out and find uh, recruit and retain is really the name of the game right now and so we've been working very hard on onboarding and orientation programs and 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 ways that we can attract the best talent from not only locally but also regionally and potentially nationally to come and join our organization because uh, right now we really firmly believe that our workforce again both frontline and and at the leadership level is going to be key to being successful in 2023 Another issue that has really arisen out of, I'm even reluctant to say the the five letters of COVID anymore because it's so far behind us, hopefully, Uh, but we are experiencing a pretty significant amount of physician burnout and clinician burnout. So whether it's our physicians, our uh, advanced practice nurses, our physician extenders, we're seeing a, a huge demand in physician wellness programs. And so we've embarked in 2023 already, even just a week and a half in, on launching a pretty intentional and intense physician wellness program to address the significant physician burnout. And we worked already pretty closely with the American Medical Association. They've got some wonderful programs, as do many other organizations out there to help support uh, our caregivers. And lastly, We are uh, looking now at uh, two to three years of diminished margins. And when an organization suffers uh, from a margin standpoint, one of the areas that's impacted is your access to capital. And so whether it's equipment, whether it's facility management and or expansion, uh, other capital projects, uh, that's become a pretty serious issue issue for us as we have a a large enterprise that just naturally requires a, a pretty regular infusion of capital support. And so as your as your margins shrink, so does your access to capital. And so we're working through how do we maintain, how do we get more creative with some of the capital needs that we have? And in 2023, we're going to be looking at some uh, alternative ways to address the capital deficits that we have. And um, we're very blessed that we still are in a very, very strong financial position. But uh, these are some of the challenges that we're looking at.
0: Absolutely, that's fascinating to hear and especially this last part you're talking about in terms of looking at your capital needs and really trying to figure out the current financial landscape. Um, you know, when you think about that and, and think about what it will really take to um, build out what you need for the organization, whether it's infrastructure or otherwise, um, if you're able to share one or two things that maybe you're thinking about doing differently or or, or have a um, trying to creatively, I guess problem solve for, is there anything you can share with us along those lines?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Uh, I had the great pleasure of, of being on a podcast several months ago. And, and one of the questions was, where are we headed in 2023? This is back in 2022. And one of the current conversations, which I know m- most everybody in the industry is looking to, is a, is a virtual platform. And when you do shift to a virtual model, uh, usually it's not a 100% a virtual model, but you have a hybrid option for both the practitioners as well as the, as the customers that we serve. Um, you don't necessarily need all of the bricks and mortar and the equipment and all of what goes into setting up lots of practices and mid to large size box facilities. And so knowing that there is some capital constraints coming up in the near future, that's accelerated and been another, uh, an, another reason, another rationale for shifting towards more innovative, whether it's at-home care, whether it's virtual care, um, you know, whether it's type fast track, immediate care type models where you don't necessarily need to rely on some of this legacy type infrastructure that we had over the years.
0: That makes a lot of sense and is really helpful to know and and think about. Now, when you're looking at where we're at today and ahead to 2023, what are you most excited about and what makes you nervous?
1: Yeah, so um, excited, um, uh, you know, we have have learned not only through the last several years, but also watching other industries that the name of the game and the, the future for our industry is our ability to provide access and where creative, innovative models on the hospital side of things took months, if not years to develop innovation around, we learned that we could innovate at a much more rapid rate. We could move more nimbly. We could create and implement at a much more accelerated fashion you know this really stemmed around the transitions that we went through with covid where we were building you know new patient care models overnight and we were shifting how we were screening and implementing you know a vaccine program we learned that we could be faster and look more like other industries that can adapt and adopt new practices to meet the needs of of a retail business let's say I'm really excited that healthcare has learned that we can do this, and, and as we see opportunities to address access, uh, whether it's technology handheld, whether it's you know, the, the, the sophistication of online scheduling or what it may be, I'm really excited about healthcare really embracing this post-COVID and, and going full steam ahead at innovation to, to improve access. Um, I think the other thing that I'm excited about is we, we really now think differently about where care should be delivered, around what the t- care might look like. Uh, you know, the 20. 20- 30 years ago, we had a very systematic um, and, uh, way of delivering care to our patients, and I think now we're looking at things very differently, and, and our, our patients are willing to look and learn and listen and, and partner with us on new innovation, and, and that's going to really change how healthcare is delivered in the country, and, I, and I'm really excited about that because I think it's, it is a little bit well overdue, and, and we're ready. So that's what I'm excited about. What I'm nervous about is um, it's now not a new story that we have a serious margin issue and we see uh, a high percentage of our hospitals across the nation you know, turning a negative margin in 2022. And that's scary. And so how are we dealing with this in the industry is we're, we're baking in as much cost reduction and as much growth as possible. And we know that cost reduction has been around. We've been looking at it for years and, and there's always more to take out, but we're starting to, to go beyond, beyond the fat and we're going into the muscle. And how do we really get way more thoughtful about the programs that we offer and the services that we offer? While at the same time, many of us around the nation have, have needed to rely on pretty aggressive growth plans and what, is, what do those growth planes look like and how are we achieving them and where are all of these patients going to come from? And so what makes me nervous is how aggressive, while still being successful, how aggressive can we get on the cost reduction side, while at the same time really growing at exponential rates that we may not have seen in the years past uh, from a market share standpoint as well. Um, so that's what makes me nervous, but but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm optimistic and excited about what 2023 is going to bring.
0: Absolutely. I think that really sums it up very nicely in terms of looking at, you know, some of the big opportunities and potential, especially looking at access to care, technology, and what that really affords healthcare organizations to do, while also thinking about, you know, some of the financial pressures and challenges that are awaiting hospitals and health systems and are very real. When you're looking at operations and especially as you said trying to bring in more patients but then you know that's a new set of issues um in terms of how you can bring them in and, and fit them in through the organization with the other challenges and so it, it seems like a fascinating uh, fascinating environment to be growing and innovating in
1: yeah yeah absolutely it's it's going to be going back to i love your question what are you excited about because i think we we do need to focus on what's really still great in healthcare. And what's greater in healthcare these days is, is our ability and our willingness to transform the healthcare model. And, and we learned that hard over the last several years.
0: Absolutely. That's a really excellent point. Now, speaking of that transforming healthcare model, I know there's a lot that will be changing over the next few years, and healthcare leaders will have to keep up in addition to everybody else. So what are some of the most effective healthcare leaders? What will they need in order to be successful over the next two to three years in this changing environment?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think as as we've talked about now in the industry for the last few years, leadership is just is is critical. But when we, when we think about what success looks like in 2023, you know, if you, if you look at an average, a, a typical executive's report card, uh, what are they measuring? What are they held accountable to? Uh, how are they tracking their success, their achievements and their opportunities? you'll often see a pretty deep spreadsheet full of metrics. Um, It's not like we're tracking one or two things. I mean, whether it's quality or safety or patient experience or financial performance or growth, you'll see a pretty deep uh, scorecard. And that is, that's the way we've always done it. And I, and I think as we look forward to 2023, we absolutely cannot neglect some of those areas that we've been tracking and that we are appropriately held accountable to. But at the same time, a very strict and, and thoughtful prioritization. What can we feasibly focus on and execute on? This quarter, this month, this year, to be successful, and I, I think when we when we dilute some of that through a through a very broad scorecard, you don't always achieve some of the results that you're looking for because there's just a limited number of efforts and hours and the days that you can get to so i, I my my personal opinion is to be a successful leader, it's really gonna take a, a razor sharp approach to what are your top box priorities? What are you allocating resources and effort to? How are you implementing action plans and, and, and strategies around these top box opportunities? And then how are you tracking it uh, uh, long-term you know, into, into whatever duration of the implementation you're looking at? And I think that's gonna be a, a critical factor. So that I put in, in, in one area. The second area is how do leaders just simply inspire their teams to be great? Uh, inspire them to be engaged, inspire them to be innovative, inspire them to to remain um, uh, supportive of the mission and the vision of the organization. And and while at the same time addressing some of these earlier concerns that we talked about and, you know, I know there's been research and studies around you know, what makes a great role for somebody, and it's going to work every day and feeling really like they can make an impact in the world around them, and they can have positive impact in the people that they serve. And for us as leaders, we need to cultivate that. We need to promote it. We need to, we need to create it such that the folks that come onto the campus or the clinic or who are working from home or wherever they're able to serve within the organization, that they feel really inspired that they make a difference every day. And that's that's what I consider a successful executive leader is we need to create that opportunity and that space for people, people to be inspired and to be successful.
0: Absolutely, that sounds amazing and really just a great reminder of what is so important from leadership and especially top leaders today. Matt, thank you so much for joining on the podcast. This has been a really fascinating discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time.